Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. When I decided to follow Jesus, I knew that there were some things I needed to stop doing. There were some things I needed to start doing, and that someone somewhere was praying for me. I bet you tell your story with similar perspectives, but like a fingerprint that we identify at a distance, but then up close, the uniqueness is undeniable. At some point, we recognize that we are made to stand in the gap between the past and the present for our grandchildren and our children both, to pray for them on the road they've chosen to its destination. Your road and my road are not the same, but someday we will rub the film of greatness from our eyes and see it truly was the destination that mattered. I watched him run up and down the court with explosion and grace. The gift was there, and one could easily see it, and it will soon come fully into life. There were so many boys that shattered the cheers, and it drowned out the failures and achievements. It was a massive arena where boys go to test themselves. They have not learned yet how to be a team or a teammate, but there is no other place where it can be learned. It's not the competition that makes it so. Some will compete for many years, too many in fact, and never find it. Tolkien and Lewis both agreed pursuing truth and beauty also entailed depicting where the rejection of truth and beauty leads. Without a great love, the fraternity of team is difficult to recognize beyond the cheers of victory, which is only a fleeting thing. Lewis goes on to say, Love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. Like loving families, there is a safety under the home roof, where the boy shallowing and the girlish graces grow unbreakable strands no enemy can break. Some enter the team fully knowing of this ultimate good and are just looking for pure play, so they never quite enter into a team's fraternity. See, the bonds of fraternity are forged like any other strength, through heating and melting and molding of which suffering plays such an integral part. Some have never experienced this far-fetched idea of a family's unbreakable bonds, but our human nature is constantly searching for it. Some at one time in their lives have lived it, and then lost it for all of life's many perilous twists and turns. But like so many things in our present culture, good ideas are quickly commercialized. Like Zach Brown sings, had it, but I lost it. I look across this vast sea of male youth running and scrapping and competing, emerging from play to competition, from team to teammates, from attempting skills to yearning for perfection. A vast sea of fathers trying as best they can to teach their sons through competition how to be brave. There are a million pitfalls in this process, but considering the number of boys who do not have a father in their lives, you must simply appreciate the effort a living father gives. If a boy competes against other boys and does not learn the beginning roots of bravery, well, competition has failed in its very foundation then. When boys compete in any game, they will be challenged. And if they are not, it is therefore a game not to be played. Boys will be compared to other boys with successes and failures scored and aggregated to their fullest. They will have to learn how to share participation time, and their time may be significantly less than they would agree with. 
They will have to sit idly in the midst of competition and encourage their fraternity of teammates while never losing their deepest longing to be in the fray. They will be injured and suffer and recover and ask themselves if they are brave enough to return to the competition. They will be told that there is no crying, no whining, no excuses, no special treatment. The proof is in the pudding. Make plays if you want to be in the game. They will learn that they must achieve everything by doing it themselves, and this is afforded based on their own natural ability and their own work ethic and their own effort. Competition is all about learning how to make plays in the moments when it really matters, and one must be brave to do this. So who will teach them how to be brave but the father or the coach? Some might say that competition breeds too much selfishness and pride. Well, competition is not perfect, but it is a singular place where boys can be challenged by older men to do difficult things and learn the meaning of the words of Aragon. The day shall come when men forsake each other and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. These older men, they were honored in their own generation. They can still close their eyes and remember the hopes in their hearts and the wings on their feet. If you can recall the old man standing with his grandson and his dog on the beach just as the Olympians ran by, as if he were a bridge between the days of his grandson's boyish hallooing and the next generation to compete for gold. The wisest of men say, there is a time for everything, but there is also a destination. Anthony Esselin writes in his book, Defending Boyhood, the Christian faith does not make a fetish about youth, nor does it do homage to age for age's sake. St. Paul instructs us, we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. As in the artist Caravaggio's Supper at Emmaus, it portrays Jesus as a beardless young man, too young to be recognized by the disciples, until he broke the bread at table with them. And the writer, Georges Bernano, states, Mary is younger than sin, not older. Esalen goes on to say, We may wonder what kind of frolic youthfulness in male and female form and Boyish hallooing and girlish graces will be found among the saints in heaven. Her God is too younger than we are, the ancient of days who is ever new. Imagine then our first glimpse of heaven and greeting our fathers who passed before us. What shall we see first in the reign of God? Our vision cannot comfortably behold towers of emerald stone and thrones of gold and glassy oceans flowing free and broad. Perhaps awake and we come hither and rub the greatness from our eyes. We'll see a small boy standing by a river, guiding his fishing rod by mend and thumb, who turns to us without the least surprise to say, at last, I thought you'd never come. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Obiscum.